What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. Now, if it's your first time coming to hang out, let me just quickly tell you what's going to go on so we can all be hanging out on the same page for this episode. The name Buds, Bros, and Superheroes acts as the conversation topics for what we're going to be talking about today. In the Buds section, my ganja of the green, no, my guru of the ganja, that one's better, is hanging out today. Mr. Danny G is back for an episode. We're going to be talking about what I've been sampling, what he's seen this week, different things in and out of the dispensary, and just how much fun it is to listen to him talk so passionately about being in the medical marijuana program both on both sides of the counter. In the bros section, guys, finally fucking fall. That's right. That's a t-shirt, dude. Just one giant F, finally fucking fall. That's right, right on my birthday, the September 22nd, it switches, everything's fall mode. We're going to talk about what we're doing this fall, pumpkin patch stuff and pumpkin spice, apples, cinnamon, a bunch of stuff. Hay, hay is around all the time, scarecrow, scary things. Listen to me ramble already. And finally, in the superhero section, somehow on this show, we haven't talked about Invincible yet. Yeah, it's been out for a little bit, so I feel no bad at all about spoiling the shit out of that show. We're going to pretty much kind of go through the entire season and talk about fun facts. With that all said, guys, let me please have a round of applause bringing back Danny G to Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. So glad to be back. Glad to talk a lot about weed. Cannabis itself? Oh my goodness. It's been... Such an experience having you on the crew now, and now we can talk about it here and bring all the knowledge from what we learned there to here. Um, the experiences, the knowledge, the just the just because knowledge is power when it comes to this this plant. It is something I'm passionate about. It's something you're becoming more passionate about. Um, it's something a lot of us in the state of are becoming more and more passionate about as both patients and recreational users. I will say it's really exciting that this coming week is CannaFest down in Kutztown, October 2nd and 3rd. It looks like it's going to be more of a daytime thing up until like maybe 6, 7 p.m. both days. Um, lots and lots of people are going to be there. Grower processors, um, there's going to be multiple um just vendors in general selling glass selling delta eight selling hemp you're actually going to see flour there believe it or not flour that's available to the streets here in pennsylvania available to people that do not have their card so you can actually come down to this event and see a lot of different things educate yourself very well and definitely bring home some cool stuff at the same time so definitely looking forward to this episode man Absolutely. Already dropping fucking knowledge bombs. Hopefully see you there. Hopefully I can go. That'll seem like a fun thing. Maybe do a little bit of vlogging if we can as well. Put it up for the people to see. That sounds like an awesome idea. That is going to be the episode, guys. So with all that said, we are going to dive in the way that we always do, which is right inside of the bud section. We usually start off with, what are we smoking on? You brought a very nice treat, sir, which I can't say thank you enough for. Please, if you don't mind, can we uh, talk about a little bit what you got? So today I brought over a little helping of Mac 1 from Insa. This was not purchased up in this area. That's something I did want to talk to you about. We were just talking about earlier. Um, there are some really cool genetics in this state, but we up here in Scranton are quite capable of getting them. Um, so sometimes you do have to travel for your cannabis if you want to get a little bit something more exclusive or something different. Um, sometimes it's worth the travel for sure. And this stuff came from Stroudsburg area uh, at a Keystone Camera Can Remedies. Um, Mac 1 testing at 26%, just about. Lots of limonene, lots of myrcene. So a very happy, relaxed feeling. Um, but still that Mac truck does give you a little bit more of an uplift to begin with on your mood. So this Mac 1 is just like a really heavy recreational user medically you know it, it could you could see a lot of benefits from it so mac one has been a little bit more of a personal favorite for mine lately um did get just an eighth of it but really happy to share it with you man thanks for having me oh and thank you you know what a fucking gentleman you are you come in you made sure it was ground all fine we loaded it up and vaporized it perfectly which you let me do the first one and like you said, slaps like a Mack truck. It did. You know, I do feel like there was that immediate euphoric, like, oh, 
hello, hello, yes, hello, nice to my name is Nick James, hello, nice to meet you, and it was just like whack right in the face, bro, but felt pretty fucking good, it was extremely tasty still, and riding that real nice right now, feeling extremely good, like you said, the mirror scene in terms of just feeling extremely relaxed and just mellowed out body-wise, but I have the nice euphoric uplift of it, perfect nice strain going, thank you for sharing, appreciate it. That will kind of kick off into the conversation of uh, you asked me, and then I thought it was the perfect conversation of what my favorite things have been trying, and actually a few of them coincide. So we'll talk about maybe three, four strains that we've both tried recently since I started, because I did start at the end of the, the beginning of the month. This come out pretty much at the end of the month or the beginning of the next month. I haven't done the math. Hold on. So I started at the beginning of September. This will come out at the beginning of October. So basically what I'm saying is an entire month of sampling different things, as you could see from my... A little buffet almost of sorts, my what I've had, what we've had, and what we're smoking. First one I want to talk about, really nice by Cresco. As I have found, I think Cresco might be one of my favorite. Wrestles for the top two spots with Modern Flower quite often of like my favorite GP, just in terms of consistency. Really like their uppers, really like a lot of the things they do. So this was one of my first Indicas. I'm usually a sativa guy. And everybody, not everybody, I shouldn't say that, but most people, would you agree, there are more indica dominant in terms of staff? Definitely where we work. Um, I would say the majority of the people that work there enjoy more indicas. A few of them, more of a hybrid sativa dominant for sure. But um, for you, I always knew you like sativas. You like that a little bit more, that oomph, that like get up and go. Um, so yeah, seeing you purchase some of the uh, indicas really was interesting on my side, and even some of the hybrids that hit more indica. Um, I'm really liking your spread over here. You have a real nice spread, and saying that you, it, the more you have, the, sometimes more experience you could have. Um, I journal things, obviously, and in doing that, you could actually have a really good uh, background knowledge for further experiences. What something else might feel like. So so for you, you have, like I said, your, your spread's absolutely great. The more you sample, sometimes it is a little bit expensive, obviously, but the more you do sample, the better understanding you will have for the patient and the recreational user, because sometimes you do witness both, as you can see at the dispensary now. Yeah, absolutely. That does happen. But so I have very much enjoyed going through finding different things like that. And like you said, having so many people around who enjoy the Indicas, who then can I have extra time with them? You know, behind the counter, there's only so many things you can wipe. And, you know, every now and then you find yourself having 10, 15 minutes between patients just of, hey, what do you like? And they'll say, this is good, this good, this good. And it's really furthered my kind of all-around appeal of having, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten different people who are like, oh, this, 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 and this. And every now and then when the Venn diagram crosses, I'll have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people say to me, Mint Face Off OG by Cresco. And that's when I decide, all right, let's pick this up. And that's exactly what I did for the case of this. Everybody seems quite impressed. How did you like it? As a reviewer, there was a lot of people that really... I, I witnessed a lot of other people reviewing it as well. It was just such a popular drop, um, especially especially for this time of the year. Croptober's coming. So there's a lot of different genetics that are about to be dropped in the state for sure. Last year, you did see a little bit of an influx at the end of November, towards November or end of October, towards the beginning of November, and then you get Christmas buds right around Christmas time. This is going to be the one of my favorite times of year. So seeing Mint face off was really exciting for me. I thought it gave Cushmints a run for its money from Insa. It smells very distinct, like a horseradish to me, like real ripe, a little bit more earthy, um, but really packs a punch on a sedating side, but very, very smooth um, stuff overall. Cresco's doing a great job, just like you said. I've been using them for well over a year and a half now, and their genetics are getting stronger, so it's really neat to see something different played there. Um, let's hear what your second one is. I, I do want to hear that. The next one would be, and I kind of want to have you walk me through what happened here, of the strain, the dragonfly. So strain, is is it new to the scene, or is it kind of like, what happened there? Go through that if you, if you will. So now that you're saying strain is your second one, I'm going to say that was my first one I was going to talk about was strain dra uh, dragonfly as well. Same exact 
So Strain is a new property of Holistic Farm. It's a product of Holistic Farm, who is Liberty. Uh, Liberty brand is produced right in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. It is a... They didn't have the strongest genetics per se earlier in the program. I'll tell you, Cheese Whiz is definitely one of the most underrated strains probably in the program. However, Chemdog Lemon Thai was probably one of the most disgusting ones. You know, to me, it tasted like mids. Um, Mazar White Rhino had a very nice aroma to it, but it was a little lacking on the rest of everything else. Um, I really enjoy the entourage effect, and that was my favorite thing about this dragonfly, is it produced that entourage effect. You felt waves of different things, one thing leading to another. Heavy amounts of terpinaline was like one of the things that to me was almost a turnoff because to me it offers more of a rush feel but it was definitely tampered down by that myrcene and the uh both of those comboed together really made a difference in how that felt and it was just super pleasant for me i felt waves of that just uplift and then i felt more wave of of deep relaxation later on when i was finally sitting down relaxing a little bit it was just a wave of pure bliss to me and i think strain will so strain will be probably liberty per se or they might just offer their their own genetics Today on Ethos, I did sh- take a look down at Wilkes-Barre. They're offering mac and cheese, which is a brand new strain from Strain. Sounds very interesting. I believe it's a terpinaline dominant strain as well. Dude. Yeah. Sounds Dude. great. Mac and cheese. I mean, yeah. sign me up. I kind of I kind of want to go down there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I would fucking love that. That would be awesome. But honestly, they're all like you said, they're offering great product. I thought that container was really neat. I don't think it's the most childproof, but not every container is. Definitely I, better than the pinch on the sides. You know, anybody with the grip strength of any amount right. can kind of get that. It's it's baby proof. It's not kid proof though. Right. And to be honest, I have nephews who could most likely they're babies, but you know, have you ever tried to take something away from a toddler who wants it? That grip strength all of a sudden is like taking Thor's hammer. It's just like, nah, bro, I'm not taking that. Like, it's amazing where you're like, I'm a grown man. Why can't I get this out of your hand? And so, sorry. But yeah, I think those pop ones can be easily. The dragonfly kind of came in a little bit of a push and open, almost like the top of an Advil or something like that. But you're right. It wasn't not too, too hard. Yeah, strain reminded me of an Altoid can. Yeah, Almost. yeah, absolutely. So I thought that they they it was nice though. It was fresh, offered a great aroma, really rich in that uh that terpinaline really shined through. It almost reminds me almost like a lemon head type deal, real rich citrusy, but like offers that low amount of like pininess, the earthiness. Um great feel. Yeah, so for your number two, I really I agree. That was my number one I wanted to talk about. Strain Dragonfly. It's an indica, but don't be don't be too worried about more relaxing. It's just such a pleasant feel. I think anyone could enjoy it. Both sativa heads, hybrids, and indica people as well. Absolutely. That's exactly how I felt by it. Finally, the third one that I wanted to talk about that I have uh just tried a little bit because I'm actually saving it. That's how much I liked it was by Moxie. Now, Moxie, I've tried their carts before, which I kind of like. I know I'm on, in my opinion, the minority of that. I don't think a lot of people like the fake terpene that they add for the fake flavor. And, you know, if I say, if you dig artificial flavor, this is for you, which every now and then I do enjoy. But this is Moxie Flower, which I can't say I've ever had before. I don't really remember, but it's the Banana OG. That one was really tasty. That was another one where I watched it just fly off the shelves, man. It just was gone. So it was really cool that I got to sample some of that. It's crazy that two on your list actually made it onto my list. So that would be two for me. Would be the Banana OG from Moxie. To me, it was a super pleasant one. You're babying it. I actually uh, am babying it as well. Um, just because it offers such a great blissful feel for myself. It's heavy in the limonene. It's heavy in the curio. It's heavy in the uh, mirror scene. It's just such a good wave of everything, and it wraps it up in a nice am- amount of cannabinoids as well, I believe coming in at 28% ab- or above. Um, just super pleasant on the taste. The aroma is 
to me, more of like an under-ripened banana than an over-ripened banana. Still offers that little bit more of a green aroma, you know, still kind of um, fresh. And then on the grind up, it smells more of a gelato to me. And the taste is very similar to a gelato, if not a kush. A kush very much so, for, for sure. Um, that OG just really comes through. Uh, really deep, relaxing relaxing feel off of that one um moxie has both impressed me and kind of depressed me a little bit (laughs) um i will honestly some say some of their stuff is really well cured and you grind it up and it comes through your grinder really well um and kind of either will pack really well or whatever and sometimes it's very under cured which means it's got a lot of moisture to it still. They didn't let it sit there and cure long enough. Each company does it a little bit different, and it seems that they just want to offer more of a fresh product. And sometimes that just hurts yourself because when you go to grind it, it pulls what I call the Houdini effect where it disappears almost. You grind it up and you're like, whoa, where did my weed go? A lot of it's missing at that point. And it's not really missing. It's just that the surface area of it was just so sticky and so like full of moisture that it just doesn't grind well. It just mashes into itself, basically. Um, You're still getting all that weight and everything. It's just sometimes you do get a product where you're just like, oh, well, Moxie, you definitely rushed this. But I will say each time you purchase them, it's visually appealing the bag appeal is there so yeah hats off to the crew from down in mckeesport pennsylvania for that one i think banana og number two for me this this coming week you know and then finally now so those were my three which happened to coincide with your two which if my math is correct leaves you with one more if you wouldn't mind what, what was the last one on your list then i would say my number one right now would be the um or my last one to talk about would probably be the sunday float from my tree I actually was turned off t- by um, most Sunday strains. Uh, Sunday driver strains just don't really do it for me. It's a Fruity Pebble Cross. Fruity Pebbles usually offer that really nice like fruity aroma, that really sweet aroma. But this one, like, it, and to me, usually it just doesn't offer that really rich high, that entourage effect I'm looking for. It's a little bit more mild. Um, but this one is a uh, cross from my tree, and my tree is actually right out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They have a great crew there. They offer a lot of transparency, and that's one thing that's making them shine more than a lot of the other companies. You're able to see the process a little bit more from growth to sale which is really cool. Um, they're offering some crazy genetics right now. But this Sunday float is actually a root beer float cross with Sunday driver. Uh, to me, it was a little bit more of an interesting dessert strain. Um, dessert strains offer that little bit more of a sweet taste, cakey, um, just a little bit more, maybe a mild uh, amount of spice cabinet stuff in there, maybe some nutmeg and stuff like that. It really was was really rich to me in my eyes it was a rich strain really pleasant color to it offers a lot of purple offers a lot of uh that trichome coverage that everybody likes and then it ground up incredibly well that cure was really well done and the vaporization on it was absolutely great offers just a really rich high that just kind of flows and just offers you both um, a nice amount of mental relief and physical relief. So I would say, yeah, that would be my last one to talk about. Hats off to Pittsburgh crew out in my tree. The last thing I wanted to talk about with you in this, because now you've said it twice, and this was one of the coolest things to, to kind of learn about. You said it, the entourage effect. Now, though I am a big fan of the HBO show, that's not what we're talking about. So I like to take things and make them simple for me to understand and then explain just because I'm really not too bright. So if I am or am not correct, I'm going to have you hook me up. The cannabinoidal system is inside of everyone, right? And the way I like to think about it is almost like having a bunch of pores, you know, of different sizes. So maybe some are really big holes, other are kind of smaller holes. But anyway, it kind of runs throughout your body. And when you smoke or vaporize, eat, ingest, anyway, take in 
a bunch of cannabinoids, which are in THC and CBD or which are them, mixed in with the terpenes, they're almost like a bunch of different sized marbles being spread across the canvas of different size holes. And when you hit the entourage effect, it is like the perfect combination of your specific hole type meeting with these specific marbles, if you will, to fill them in perfectly to go bingo. You Did couldn't I- say it any any better. Yes. You nailed it. Entourage okay, cool. effect is the way of equaling, like actually reaching equilibrium in your body. Um, filling those endocannabinoid, um, like you're filling those, you know, files per se, actually really offers both mental and physical equilibrium it just lets your body be what it's supposed to be um sometimes the combination of these cannabinoids with terpenes just like you said a heavier amount can offer different effects the heavier high for certain things the lower high for other things um it's just such a blissful thing to feel off of specific cannabinoids especially from certain companies they really kind of push that feel a little bit and they'd want to like pump up certain numbers uh cbg in my eyes and cbn are two cannabinoids that are really uh lo- overlooked right right now because it, they're still kind of learning about it a little bit cbn tends to be more of a nighttime one really good for inducing some sedation being a little bit more relaxing and that on top of thc offers a really heavy high CBG for me offers just that wave of just nice body feel. Uh, CBG is really good for the gut, really offers a nice amount of equilibrium for digestive tract, stuff like that, um, and other things as well. There's so many out there. If I'm not mistaken, there's over 100 terpenes and maybe close to 100 cannabinoids. I could be wrong. I, I don't it, exactly remember but there's plenty out there and they're still discovering them and they all offer different things so yeah that's probably the neatest part of it absolutely and the training i think they also kind of put it so being almost like the end of your receptors being different locks and as you ingest as you uh take in these different products they're like a bunch of different keys and eventually to hit that entourage effect all the keys are delivered to the right locks and you unlock everything whereas trying different things like you're saying you know we'll unlock some not the others so that's how you get different receptors doing different things and we can easily more easily not easily but more easily kind of predict the effect for someone to say hey you know this is what people have been saying this is what has happened in the past and this is what you could experience if you try this which is you know making the job easier for us to help people and making it for people you know somebody at work said this and it just clicks so well to take control of their own medicine you know they go in and they don't need to be told anymore they don't need you know they've hit a pinnacle of like this is what i need they go in and they can control exactly what they're taking when they're taking it, you know, rather than take one of these every day. Somebody could say, I don't need it today. And somebody could say, I can need a little bit more today. It's up to them, which is a great sense of power. You know, it's an awesome feeling to take control of your own medication. Well, if the, that is absolutely great, too. And there's one other thing I could uh, I could add on top of that. The sugar to it all is that there's so much research going into it right now. And being a graduate from Keystone, go Giants. I would say if one thing from from taking away from college, it let me research things a little bit better. I'm honestly so interested in it that I, I take the step further. I look into the peer-reviewed articles because so much research is being done right now. Temple School of Univ- Temple School of Medicine is doing overtime with cannabis right now. Um, all these other schools throughout the United States are doing overtime with this medicine right now just because they can. The state's allowing it. So the more we could research, the more we'll know. So I go a little bit further. I, I really look at those peer-reviewed articles. Sometimes they're a little bit tough to read. Sometimes you need to sit there with the dictionary for sure. But yeah, go on there. Go on Google Scholar, one of the, one of the free networks of it all, basically. Uh, if you don't have any databases, because databases are a little expensive to get into, I would say Google Scholar offered such such an, a great amount of experience, you know, knowledge for me, other than going back to my alma mater and researching it that way. 
So yeah, there's a lot of actual true research backed by science now. It's just absolutely great to be able to back everything we say with, you know, authenticity. Absolutely. And final thought that you just kind of had me think of is like, I would totally make more donations to my alma mater if they let me keep my credentials to get into their databases, you know, because that was the great thing about that. You can look up anything and have, like you said, peer reviewed articles and find different things in their database that are credible and have been researched, peer reviewed, posted, blah, blah, blah. Then I'll give you my donations, motherfucker. Until then, I already paid you for my degree. Thank you. With that, guys, I want to know what are you guys smoking on? What was your favorite strain of September? Leave comments down below. You could tweet us, put it inside the Instagram posts or all that things. It would be a lot of fun. But we are going to close on out of the bud section and open up into the bro section. Thought I fucked that up for a second. Where we're going to talk about all things fall, I guess. We're going to be some basic bitches. So automatically, first thing I want to talk about is if you are all set up decoration-wise, because we got us some scarecrows from Walmart. We went a different way. This is our second fall here. First one, we went for quote-unquote spooky, you know, caution, do not enter, hanging kind of scary things. And now this one, we're kind of going for the more autumn fall type of like scarecrows and leaf banisters and stuff like that. So... What are you guys up to there? So over at my place, it is a smaller apartment, but I'll tell you, my significant other does a really good job at making sure there is something for each season. Um, right now, it's a good blend of both. I mean, there's a lot of pumpkin decorations at my home, probably really close to like eight or nine different ones throughout the apartment. Um, just really uh, some, I don't know, some strings and stuff like that i don't know just some bland stuff here and there but then outside she did the uh she has a nice welcome setup with mums and stuff like that we actually did go out we picked up the mums um so fall's been good so far for us uh even though we're just jumping into it we started out a little early for ourselves that way yeah just because honestly i enjoy this time of the year so much um me too i like when the weather just gets a little bit crisper and just a little bit like it has been which in my opinion we got at the perfect time maybe even a little bit earlier than the quote-unquote arrival date of what it quote-unquote should have been so it's been pretty pretty fucking nice and i would agree getting out and doing some things and just not not having to worry about melting into the concrete when you leave is just wonderful yeah, we actually just took our daughter to the pumpkin patch up at Roba's, uh, out towards like Scott Township area near Clark Summit, and it was actually pretty packed that day. Like it, it was just last week, last last Sunday. Um, we decided to go out, take her out. Um, each week is only going to be busier than the last. Up here in Pennsylvania, I I think everyone shits pumpkins and eats, <laughs> eats like the lattes and stuff. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? It's not absolutely crazy up here. Um, fall is for football. Fall is for pumpkins. Fall is for apple cider. You know what I mean? And I can't tell you how many times I actually taken the trip out to um, my farm stand, probably out in Falls, if you've ever heard of it. It's called Braces. Um, it's actually out towards the Dallas area a little bit. So maybe closer towards Misericordia. Have you ever heard of that school? Yep. Um, they offer some of the best damn apple cider donuts around and they offer some of the best cider. They now offer alcoholic cider as well, which is really cool. Um, some of the best dumplings and like, I, as you can see, I'm, I'm really hands on in the fall time. So I could grab, you know, I make a lot of hands on edibles. This time of the year, yeah, so you I'm, just made some apple. You know, dumplings. I just made some apple dumplings at, and yeah, just a lot of this stuff going on between now and then, and hopefully a little bit more. I really want to uh, follow through with October being spooky season. I, I, you know, Reaper's Revenge up in Scott Township is an or Oliphant is another one um, that I'm really interested in going seeing. Um, I did that once. For anybody who's not familiar, it's actually pretty cool if you are in the area. For what it is, I highly suggest. I thought it was worth the price at the time that I went. They have four different things up there in a sense. You know, all of it is in the Reaper's Revenge of an area, but they kind of put on four different shows where if you go to all four, you actually save money. 
So let's just say it's $25 a show, but if you go to all four, it's $80 for the bundle ticket or some shit like that. And it was worth every fucking penny. Every, like, you know, one's the standard tractor ride of shit kind of coming out. The one that I remember the most at the time, I don't remember what it was called, but they basically had a house that you had to navigate through in the dark in which they also had like pitch the, black. Yeah. Baby. The walls were also like, what's it called? The blow up house. It's almost like they had a blow up house in a house that they inflated. So as you tried to get through like corridors, there was pushing on you on each side. So you had to physically push through. So it was meant to be super suffocating, very enclosing. And that freaked me the fuck out. You know, there was the mental state of, they are nice in the sense that I'm pretty sure if I said, I'm freaking the fuck out, somebody, somebody would grab my wrist, pull real hard and be like that way. You know what I mean? They are good enough. It is one of those places. So that in the back of my head, let me get through the entire thing. But there was like once or twice where I was like, fuck this. Like this sense sucks. of claustrophobia. Oh yeah, man. Hell yeah. But that was kind of cool. And then there was like an alien experience that you went through. And if you're in the area, even if you're not, I, it's worth the drive. It's worth the price. I thought it was pretty fun. And I would check it out too. But my wife is, no, she's not going to fucking do that. So sitting that out again this year. I'll tell you though, it's for me, it's as simple as going through the, like I said earlier, uh, going to the line at Dunkin', going to the line at Starbucks and spending the extra couple bucks. That type of fall to me is just a little bit it makes me happy i don't know i just like the taste i like the feel of it all um it was a little nostalgic to me because i was a football player growing up um this time of the year is a little bit more ramped up um as you can see both at work um with new products coming in fall flavors yeah just a lot of things going on it's just really exciting time of the year so so a bit of a controversial thing that we almost kind of touched on is pumpkin spice. And I want to talk about how you like it, if you like it, and how you like it, like in terms of, do you like it in fucking everything, the way they make everything? Have you tried pumpkin spice life already or pumpkin spice Cheerios? I don't know why my two examples are both cereals, but you know what I mean. They put that shit in everything. Never made made it to the cereal section for that stuff. I don't eat too, too, too much cereal. However, Whoa. I... I love do, cereal. Yeah, I, I don't eat a lot of cereal. Um, I do love the drinks, the coffees, the... Um, I love the cold brews. I like all of the... Just the, just the flavoring overall. And then I love pumpkin pie. I love just regular pie. So, like, anything pumpkin to me is really exciting. I like the smidgens from... Gertrude Hawks we have out here. They are absolutely great. It's I have like not tried those bite yet. Bite into them, and it's like a little melted pumpkin like oh, juice man. stuff. It's really good. Oh, yeah. man. Um, so, yeah, I I will say, yeah, I eat she, shit and breathe pumpkin type <laughs> deal almost. <laughs> I like, so I really have always grown up for my entire life loving pumpkin pie to this day. Still love the shit out of pumpkin pie, bro. Can eat an entire one and just love it. But out of spite, almost, was just not going to try pumpkin spice shit because I just didn't like the way people were like, do it. So eventually this year I broke that and I was at a Krispy Kreme, which is one of my favorite things about moving out here. Cannot say in New Jersey if there is a single standing one, especially not where I lived. Doesn't matter. There and I was like, do you want Nick? Grow up. You know, if you don't like it, don't have it. But at least you should fucking know. And when I watched this girl make my drink, she tried to go for the pump and it went like, and I was like, all right, so that sucks. You know, it was the very end. She unscrews the top and she pours and it's going like this. And then just like a big blob flaws out. So when I get it, it was super strong and I pumped the brakes. I said, do you know what, Nick? That's it. It wasn't your fault. Did you like the flavor? It was just really, really strong. Maybe you just blah, blah. To make a long story even longer, I went to Dunkin', which I always drink. I drink Dunkin' a lot. And now I'm looking up on the menu. I said, well, fuck that one time. Let's try again. But let's try what they suggest. You know, maybe it's just the way I drink it. So I said, may I please have a signature? You know, I ordered it off the menu. Word for word. Make it how you'd make it 10 out of 10 times. Still didn't love it, but it was better than the first. To end the story, sorry. I finally order it the way I think I'd like it, the way I always order my iced coffee. But instead of my normal caramel, I did pumpkin spice, but only two pumps or whatever. 
And though it was still the best out of the three, I was like, no, I'm okay with this. That's my pumpkin spice story. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk on it. But like, I love me some pumpkin pie out here. Thank you to my lovely wife of teaching me the uh, tradition of pumpkin roll around Thanksgiving time, which is super duper delicious. It's like a giant hostess ho-ho almost, but it's all pumpkin cream bread cheese, and cream baby. cheese inside rolled. And do you like pumpkin roll? I love pumpkin roll. I love almost everything pumpkin. Honestly. Yeah, we just went um, through that. Sorry. That dude. would probably be my second or third favorite flavor. First would be maple, dude. Mm. Yeah. I love anything true maple. I'm a fiend. Yeah, that sounds good. Speaking of Duncan, have you tried their maple bacon? Delicious, it's by the so way. I actually good, really enjoy it? it. As microwaved as it is, I like it a lot. I don't, dude. I kind of struggle because I love their drinks, like I just said, but I really wish that they would figure out a new way to make food rather than the same oven that they cook everything in always. Because every time I bite into that fake egg, it's more like tofu in the sense of it just sucks up the flavor of everything it's around, which is normally just toasted toasted toast and everything kind of tastes and smells burnt and if i could get the quality coffee i do at dunkin at mcdonald's with like a fucking what are those things called a mcmuffin i would mcdonald's be so breakfast happy. is tough to trump oh breakfast yeah but their coffee in my opinion is weak sauce their pumpkin coffee i just had it was absolutely great though yeah I love right, maybe it. i'll do that do you do the mcdonald's good. app no, but the significant other does. Yeah. yeah. I don't really, but she does. Yeah. It's free money. You know, it's like the same thing we say to our customers all the time of signing up for the loyalty points of like, are you coming here to buy a fucking happy meal almost every other night? Like, yeah. So why don't you just get a free one on the third night or some shit? Like, that's what it ends up being. Because a happy meal is the perfect portion amount of food. Even for an adult. I'm very happy with either the six piece or the, <laughs> the what's it called? The cheeseburger. I'm a two for three type of person. Mm, I fucking love that shit. I know. I love McDonald's. Anyway, wow, what a weird tangent. Finally finishing off, I wanted to talk about it in this section of football. You know, you talked about you played it yourself. What position did you play? Did you like playing it? I played flag football. And the second somebody was like, I'm going to tackle you, I was like, fuck this. And I left. So just about that, who your team is now in the NFL, if you like the college, yeah, all that stuff. You know, you also play fantasy, how that works. And just anybody out there listening who's like, we never talk about football on this show, this section's for you. So go ahead and unload, my man. All right. So football for me has been a very big part of my life since second grade. I did play a little bit of peewee football growing up. And then from on that, I grew up playing junior high and then almost through varsity did play significant amount of time. Um, I really... Then now growing up, I, I didn't get the chance to play in college. In college, I was a tennis player um, for a few reasons. But now I'm able to wa- sit down and watch the games. Uh, Penn State's my favorite college team. Um, the Eagles are my favorite team locally. Uh, go Birds. I would say I honestly sit there all day. Like I, I'm one of the te- type of people that will watch all the scores all day just because I like the numbers, uh, crunching numbers for football and stuff like that. I do gamble a little bit. I am on DraftKings every once in a while. I am in a fantasy league with a significant amount, of, uh, like a significant pot this year. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually pretty proactive in watching every single team and all that stuff. Going back to my experience, though, first off, I started off as basically a linebacker in peewee football. I was like the guy backing it up um, defensively, trying to make the stops earlier in the game. Um, and then I also, on, on the offensive side, I also did get the chance to run the ball a couple times. I was the go-to get guy to get that one or two yards. I was the fullback. I was also the lead blocker. But then as I got older, I did get a little bit bigger, and I did make my way to the offensive and defensive line. I did play right guard. I was a pulling guard. If anyone knows what football is and what de- you know these positions are, it's going to get a little weird here. So there's a whole offensive line with different different players. Each player has a different position. I played right next to the center. And I was there protecting both the running back and, you know, our quarterback the whole entire time. On the defensive side, I was the guy trying to go get the quarterback and go get that running back or get whoever had that ball. So Um, on the offense, you were the guy you were defending on the defense. 
That's it. Yeah, I was, I was literally in the pits the so whole time. You knew what to look time. out for on both ends of like, oh, that's pretty fucking smart. I played it both. Um, they played me both really heavy, and then I was on the hands team, which is the uh, kickoff team, kickoff recovery team. If a squib kick happened or if an onside kick happened, I was one of the go-to guys to go get that ball. Just fall on it, make sure no the other team didn't get it. Uh, we weren't that great of a team. I did play for Tunkanic Area School District, and I did play for their Tunkanic Area Peewee team. Not the best teams per se, but we did take a lot of pride in doing what we did. Um, but yeah, now I just kind of sit. I watch. I crunch the numbers. Uh, football is definitely a big thing for me from now all the way up through February. Um, so I'll be enjoying it as much as I can, as often as I can. Well, it's definitely going to be fun tomorrow. So my kind of quote unquote backstory is has to start with my dad's dad. Uh, when he was watching the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys were new to it. And because of which they got shit talked and they were the underdogs. So just being the type of guy who liked underdogs went, all right, that'll be my team. And then obviously went on to have my father and his brother. So they were Dallas fans. And now I am too. The way I like and the way that I like the Dallas Cowboys is how other people like Marvel movies. You know, there's some people like, yes, I like them. And I'm like, okay. And they can even say what order they're in. But me, I can go like, oh, did you know who directed them? Who produced them? The post, you know what I mean? Like I can go deep into that shit, crazy levels where people just look at me like, oh, wow, he really likes this shit. I am the opposite with the Cowboys. They're like, oh, did you know blank, blank, blank did this? And I'm just like, mm-hmm, yeah, no. <laughs> so like if somebody has a hat on and they come into the store, I'll be like, yeah, how about them Cowboys? And they'll be like, hey, did you know this last name? If this last name doesn't play this, then we're not going to buy And they'll just bop, 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 bop. And I'll just sit there smiling, wait, boys, just like, yep, okay, he's saying words at me. And then like, it's funny because I recognize the face that I'm making because also I'll do the same. I'll be like, oh, yeah, when John Favreau started the MCU, you know, everything went in or when I'm talking about the Snyder cut and fuck Joss Whedon or something like that and talking about Ray Fisher and how he's demanding accountability and I could just get so passionately, so quick and stuff about any of it is how some people do with the NFL and especially the Dallas Cowboys where I'm just like, Cowboys. So because of that, you know, I am the opposite of not knowing the numbers, but tomorrow we play quote unquote you. It is a Cowboys versus Eagles game. It's one of the toughest games of the season. I do recognize that. Yeah. I like the rivalry. Yeah, I like the whole thing. It goes so deep. So honestly, I'm fun. I'm not a re I'm not like one of the raging, raging Eagles fans that like throws it in everyone's face because there's some people that are just nasty out there. I don't take it to that level. Um I love the rival I enjoy the rivalry for what it is, and I really enjoy the game. I do hate losing. Everybody does. Um but yeah, tomorrow's going to be the day. I'm glad I'm off of work tomorrow because I'm definitely going to be enjoying the day. Yeah, I'm going to make sure shit is clean. I'm going to make sure we are close to fucking be ready as shit to get the fuck out of there tomorrow night because <laughs> I'll, miss, game time. Yeah, I'll miss maybe, you know, it's quote unquote Just a half hour, off. but a half hour in NFL time is about, I don't know, 30 seconds. So f- <laughs> for I'll you probably miss nothing. Yeah, you're at your rate by getting home around eight thirty. You're honestly going to be home for right after the kickoff. Yeah, yeah, I bet I don't miss more than two minutes yeah. of the actual game time, especially for Monday night football, and they take more breaks it than anybody. I feel so slow. Yeah. It's so slow. It's unbelievable. There's less than actually. Uh, t- if if I'm not mistaken, there is a statistic done. It's less than twenty five or twenty minutes is actually plain. It like makes played, sense, dude. Actually played. We've got shit to sell during this time as well. Yeah, it's a whole hour of actual time on the clock yeah. that's wasted. The The cool thing about it is the uh, coach has to be smart enough to play the clock and play their players at the same time because it's a game of both games. Like mm-hmm. You have to play the clock. You have to play their players. Um, be aware that you don't have as much time as you always think you do. It's It's interesting. It is fun to watch. It is good. It's nice that it's fall. I have very much been enjoying it. Wondering if everybody out there has been enjoying it too. I mean, how can you not? But if you don't, I'd like to hear why. Leave a comment. All the fun things that I asked at the end of the bud section still applies here in terms of engagement. But I understand people got to people. We are going to end on out of this 
pros section and get into the superhero section we're gonna kind of go over the overarching story of invincible season one so for anybody who doesn't know invincible is a comic book series that is actually written by the same guy who does the walking dead robert kirkman and recently amazon went ahead and made a season one kind of along with the omnibus volume one you know like the first few sets of books i don't know how to put it exactly anyway they made season one and it kind of took over media for like those few weeks everybody was kind of talking about it and in my opinion rightfully so it was it's pretty fucking awesome that's why we're here today talking about it to go through every episode would just take a very long time. There are fun details that we can have many episodes on, especially if you want, if you come back, Danny. But for right now, I think it'd just kind of be fun to go over the overarching story. When we start the show, the main superhero of the planet, the almost Superman of it, they call him Omni-Man, right? Yeah, that's that's correct. And... He helps almost, if we're going to use Superman as that, he meets the Justice League of sorts and helps them out as two goons attack the White House. And then later on in the very first episode, which is Meta's, like it's just fucking metal as fuck, he goes ahead and kills all of them. All of them being the Justice League of that universe. I think it, they're the Guardians. They're known as the Guardians of the Globe. Thank you so much. So Omni-Man, let's use on brand names. Omni-Man kills the Guardians of the Globe in the first episode. Just it was, he, I didn't see that shit coming. I've never read the books either. Me either. It was absolutely brutal. As you could, as I, I actually paid attention as I went along. Some of the ratings were ma- for mature and then some of them were like teen. Uh, some of them were a little bit lighter and didn't offer that real bloody sensation throughout the whole entire um, film of it all. Like for each episode, some of them seemed like more filler, but that first episode was absolutely gruesome watching the end of that. I didn't see it coming at all. It seemed very, um, it seemed very, uh, like it set the tone for the whole thing. I kind of knew it was going to be more of a curveball type of show. And set the tone it did because it was just absolutely crazy. So the main kind of story is almost like, why the fuck would he do this? And we don't know for the longest time. We start the show that way, and then that mystery builds throughout all the episodes as we also meet his son, Mark, who almost I kind of compared it to Sky High. If you've seen that Disney one of like being the son of the greatest hero has a lot of expectations, especially at the beginning when you don't have your powers. So when we first do meet Mark, he does not have any superpowers and he knows who his dad is, obviously, and has that weight on his shoulders before we meet anything. But, you know, like every great story, like we all saw coming, he does get his powers. He hurls a fucking a bag of trash into space or something like that. That I thought (laughs) was a cool, just a nice little thing of like, oh, that would really happen. You know, like taking the trash out of your shitty Mick job, if you will, and just throwing it in space rather than in like a superhero battle like we're talking about sky high this show also is really interesting from a teenager perspective of showing it just like yeah no that's that you know embarrassing shit does happen to you when you're that age and different things like that i like how it's written for that aspect yeah because we gotta kind of put ourselves in mark's shoes a little bit he is a teenager still right he's in high school you know he's still kind of learning a little bit kind of developing a little bit um and then just the fact that he has some big shoes to fill. His mother may not be a superhero at all. She's a... Go ahead, spoil it. She's a pet. As Omni-Man says, per at se. The very end, it's yeah. absolutely terrible to it say really that. Is. It really was like nails against a chalkboard. It, it was all shocking, this whole series. It just kind of like, it shows how much... You know, they continued to show how strong and how much better they were than we were. And we had no clue the entire time what the actual um, game plan was, what the end game was for Omni-Man. Because the whole brutality of that first episode led right into the second one where he was hospitalized and just covering himself up more and more. But then there was a lot of filler episodes, it seemed like or filler parts um, that didn't need to be there, but it was a neat story to kind of sit and watch. Um, But the overall premise of it, just continuing on from him losing himself, being there, Mark not having quite the um, 
person to look up to um, just yet as he's resting. Uh, puts a lot of weight on his shoulders. So just kind of putting yourself in his shoes is kind of like, it kind of puts it all into perspective a little bit. It's a teenager. It's almost, a, you know, Spider-Man type sense where he's younger, still developing, still learning, kind of the hijinks is there, you know? I was going to bring that up for sure in the sense of we get almost a beat for beat of the Spider-Man sense of him needing a super suit but not knowing how to make a super suit so it's like a bandana or it's you know it's household shit and we get that entire upbringing with him figuring out his powers coming into his role as a vigilante and doing that with the same kind of feel of exactly what you just said a kid in high school figuring shit out on two wholly different levels and also you know we get that weird suit but he eventually gets his super suit and as you were talking about you know omni-man is taken out by fighting the guardians of the globe he doesn't die but assassinating all of them definitely takes their takes its toll on them on him excuse me so he's out for a little bit and eventually he goes on to meet a different team that's kind of there to set up instead of or in replacement of the new guardians of the globe which in my opinion was closer to like the teen titans so i believe they were called the teen team yeah maybe exactly that was it Nothing crazy. And now they're getting boosted up to be the new Guardians because they all got taken out. And they're fun characters in there. And it's the first time we get this overarching, kind of like you said, a filler over arc of like these time traveling aliens. And that was fun to learn all about them and learn the new team by them. And really fun episodes, but also don't always sit in the same exact kind of archetype. And that's what made the show super fun and super like the fuck is going to happen this week? You know, like, I really don't know what's going to happen. I would say everything was a little bit in reference to other, to me, it was almost in reference to other superheroes and super, like, comics that have already been out. So we already talked about the Teen Titans in one of our first episodes, like, in one of the episodes that I did with you. Um, the beginning of this kind of reminded me at, in a sense of, they're kind of just experiencing their powers, just kind of getting it go- rolling together for the first time, getting it going, um, especially during that first season, and experiencing each other's different, you know, capabilities and ab- you know, inabilities as well. Um, that whole one episode was just a development ap- developmental episode for that whole crew. Leading off into that, it just kind of rolled into the the funeral for the guardians of the globe which was a really awkward experience for everybody omni man fucking eulogizes them that's fucked dude like what a level of you know that's when i think i was watching i was like oh you know maybe at the end of this before that moment i was thinking maybe at the end of this he was gonna expose something super weird and secret that made him still the good guy but i couldn't tell you spoiler alert doesn't go that way it goes the opposite he is an absolute fucking sociopath psychopath i'm sorry i don't know the difference but he's insane and eulogizes the people he murdered that was fucked dude it was absolutely insane he does everything so well i thought to cover his his ass basically he just continued to cover his ass cover his ass but then like everything did fall apart it was a lot to cover up um murdering literally murdering other superheroes was absolutely insane to watch um it did lead into um you know a little bit more of um discussion between when he finally was able to get going again and mark and him needed to learn his abilities you could see the difference the curve between him and his son and it just started developing and snowballing from there Educating his son in the wrong manner and then teaching him the true, you know, he, we actually learned the actual story later on in, the, in the, the episodes that what he said to him at the beginning was not completely true. Biltrum was the planet that he's from. All his abilities were from there. And he put up like a, a curtain per se of like fake you know, we're explorers, we're yeah. humanitarians, we go and we help because we are so much better and we can help is kind of the story that he sells him on as he's training him the first time, which were some of the greatest moments, you know, of him just, he, Omni-Man, after spending so much time on Earth, is just fine-tuned to use his power so perfectly, whereas Mark has no idea. So some of those kind of, that humor that was added to it was actually really fun for me. 
and as we've kind of alluded to this whole time to finally end of what we learn of Omni-Man not being a nice fellow altogether is that what you just said, that curtain that he put up of them being humanitarians is no, they're conquerors. Right. He killed the Guardians of the Globe to make sure that when more of his people showed up, there was less defense here. And that was it. It was insane seeing the fact that they even slaughtered themselves on their own planet. Um, Viltrum was just ruthless in that sense of you either made the cut or you didn't. We saw the brutality of it all as soon as he finally dropped those curtains, per se, uh, later on in the episodes. Um, I will say uh, we don't have to jump into too much about how the fact that he he was exposed about everything. There was a, a super sleuth that came in, a demon, per se, that came in that was later on taken out at the same time. Um, I liked him. I liked him a lot, dude. He was like two characters that reminded me of one. He reminded me so much of Hellboy. Obviously. Just look, but also reminded me a little bit of Rorschach a little bit in terms of being a detective, the hat and speaking out loud and kind of going through like, doesn't make sense if it's not making sense. He speaks in tongues. And then finally a little bit Ektrigan as well from DC, maybe a little bit in look too, but kind of take all three of them together and you get this demon detective of trying to figure this out and does, but there's this other reoccurring character who's kind of in charge of it all, who's like the director. Yeah, Cecil. Cecil. He's in charge of it all and runs everything, and he doesn't want to believe for the longest time that Omni-Man has done this. But eventually, like we're talking about in the end of the finale of, he does find out, and now everybody's got to try to put him down, and meanwhile, nobody can. There's a resurrected guardian of the globe that tries. That was a weird thing that I didn't oh, see coming. Oh, that was unbelievable. He beheads one of these guys in episode one, and somehow they put his head back on. He fights him again, and then just Gets rips, rips him in half. Yeah, he and not rips like, him in half. Yeah, like top and bottom ripped in half, not like down the middle. Unbelievable. That it, guy got the short end of the stick twice in the show. So that was actually, uh, it's crazy to see that same character come back, because that was actually one of the M-rated episodes. Uh, later on, the last episode was absolutely brutal. We saw that. We saw the, uh, there was like a large monster that seemed to be about on Earth trying to conquer Earth. Big ass kaiju looking motherfucker That's something. It, right. So it, it was just all then and there. It was all spread out. Either be be with me or be against me. Omni Man basically said to his son, "You need to continue to do what we are as Viltrum and Viltrumites, and you need to be one of us, or you're against me and you're my enemy." And you saw then and there. He put the stance down, and he got the absolute shit kicked out of him. I've Invincible honestly, did, I've yes. never seen. Honestly, I in any cartoon, such a bloody fight. It was crazy. Um, be so one-sided, honestly. It was literally like you watching- You kept expecting him to come back at some point. And there was just no he hope doesn't. for him. He literally, his father just kicked the leave, living snot out of him. There was just, it was crazy watching him kind of recover from that. Um, that whole last episode was just- it just left me wanting more and more and more, and I'm ex- I'm super excited to see what the second second season's gonna bring, just because there's enemies everywhere now. It's it's like all war, all hands on deck, and Mark needs the nut up or shut up type of deal. And uh, I mean, he already went against his father, and he's if you call Omni-Man. it that, yeah, that was yeah, that's a was, nice way of putting it. He survived it, a brutal attack by Omni Man yeah. because Omni Man eventually let up. Like, that was the thing that was craziest to me. And shout out to J.K. Simmons, who voice hacks as him. I mean, everybody does good. But, like, the thing that really pushed me wasn't just a lot of the times in Conquerors, it's I find if they just listen to me, life would be so much better for my subjects. Whereas with him, he was just showing them by brutality of just ripping through subways of just fucking mowing people down like look look it doesn't matter right like it, it wasn't just a a neglect for life it was it was it was it was crazy you know how well it was written and then acted like he doesn't just fucking care we're we're humans we're homo yeah. sapiens we're it, from earth it doesn't fucking matter how many like we're gonna make this so much better like what aren't you getting and of course came from that that famous meme of him like bent down at the knee putting it think about it right think mark you know and stuff like that and it was just absolutely crazy of him how well he did at that and then 
the just, expression was there. The yeah, the heart was there, a hundred percent. I really, I could not believe how breathtaking each moment was from the next on that episode. Just like, oh my goodness, oh my god, wow, this is happening. Okay, um, and then they just wrap it up seriously, really well for like a cliffhanger for the next thing, you know. I thought too the way they wrapped up the fight in general was really cool. So. As we're talking about it, and we even kind of said at the very beginning, Omni-Man, Mark's dad, is saying that, you know, your friends don't matter. Nobody on here matters. Your mom doesn't even really technically matter. She's kind of more like a pet to me, which is just crazy to say, you know, crazy to think. But during a moment of flashback, as he has literally pounded Mark so hard and even taken out teeth, Mark is really only left with maybe like an incisor and a canine on the other side, leaving a huge gap between his front two teeth and maybe a little bit more, which children actually have quite often as they lose their teeth. So as he looks at this beaten up Mark with no teeth, he has a flashback of a young Mark who has no baby teeth, so has those huge gap, like hitting a baseball and then running to his dad like, I love you, dad. And Omni-Man has this moment of like, he should hit him one more time. You know, he's not going to fall in line. He's not going to go, what was the name of the planet? Viltrum? He's he's not going to do that. I've got to kill him, but also can't. And for the first time ever is actually conflicted and flies away. So like you're talking about in terms of wrapping up, we have there to go off of. We have the alien voiced by Seth Rogen came back and he's like, we're going to like something's happening. People are coming. We have the pissed off time traveling aliens who still have a bone to pick. There was something about like mole men or something like that. Like, wasn't there an underground society who was pretty pissed off? A lot of it. Like I said, all out war basically going on there. Lots there was of- a parasite from Mars that was also left up in the air. <laughs> there was a guy who pulled apart bodies, who put them back together, and robots that was still up in the air. Right. And then on top of all of this, the thing that I enjoyed very much was that he still had to balance Zazzy Beats. Zazzy Beats is the name of the actress who played Domino in Deadpool 2, who also voices his girlfriend in the series. And like, I like that too. All this shit's going on and still it's it's like we were talking about in terms of a regular teenager like you got a girlfriend and then having friends too like Adam Eve he meets from the teen team and eventually she goes off on her own and she has her own story arc and stuff like that but there's as you can hear as we're talking about this one giant story fucking shit spiderwebs off into 15 different avenues if they can come back and make entire series out of one episode story arc of like right let's go into this it's it's very 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 well written and expansive and awesome it seems so cliche at some points but then like you said it spider it webbed right out into some things that were 110 percent unpredictable uh leaving you at the edge of your seat is just a feeling that just increases value in my my eyes um getting you more excited for the next episode the next thing the next thing is what drives um fans to be fans so hats off amazon has already said not only are we giving you season two we're giving you season three they've already greenlit a season three without seeing anything just that's how well Everybody responded. Shout out to a good friend of mine, Daniel, at the Reasons I'm Broke podcast. He runs a comic book store, and he said, yeah, dude, we're selling shit like crazy. So they obviously see the value in it. They're going to continue with it. I hope they put just a little bit more money into it. Anybody like the animation is its own style, but it's also I wouldn't mind seeing a few extra ducats get thrown for maybe a little bit of smoother motion. But that's just me. It seems super anime. Yeah, it, it does really have a did. Bit of an anime a little feel. bit of uh, the choppy attitude to Super it. Super 2D. There's yeah. not a lot of shadowing. Not it's, a lot it's, of shadowing, not a story. lot of depth, but the story was absolutely great. If there was a little bit more a color. Oh, depth, yeah. You know, because they could do it. Like you said, I it's maybe a they. Poppier. Maybe it was one of those life. things that they started out with, like, hey, let's see how it goes this first time. And then, yeah, it balled right out Holy so it was shit, this, did you see these numbers yeah was, exactly yeah, so like let's pump some money into it like, i think we're doing three seasons so yeah I, I look forward to it absolutely great talking this with you <laughs> yeah no i had a lot of fun like we said it's been a while since it came out but it's been sitting on the back burner even now talking about it has got me excited i might go ahead and just watch a little bit more of it today at least that last scene that last episode because i'm probably gonna rewatch the whole season nice. i am a rewatcher oh me uh, too. it's been a little bit since i've watched it I just caught up on all of Doom Patrol, and nice. you know how much I love that show. 
Um, so yeah, it's going to be something that I, I'm probably just going to sit down and watch again. If you haven't checked it out and you have Amazon Prime and you're looking to pass some time, it literally just flows so well. If you don't mind sitting down watching something a little bit more animated, cartoonized, you know, it's really good content though. But in the same breath, if you haven't been listening, this has been the only thing that you've heard just because it's a cartoon. It's not made for children, guys. Let's just all be like, don't go show in the final episode to any kids because it'll fuck their day up Absolutely. a little bit. Absolutely. This is definitely <laughs> meant for adults and Absolutely. people that could recognize that it's, it, oh my goodness, it's gruesome. <laughs> it is a gruesome show. I love it, though. If you like blood and gore, you're going to enjoy it. It's It's neat, though. With that, sir, this has been a great episode talking with you. It's always great having you here. I say this at the end of every episode, but just because I say it a lot doesn't mean that I mean it any less, man. Like, we don't always, like, time is infinite for, no, time is finite for everyone. There's not an infinite amount of time for everyone. That's what I mean to say. That's right. So the fact that you spent some here with me doing this dopey show that I put together, like, it really does, it really, 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 really means a lot, dude. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being a wealth of knowledge throughout all the sections. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being a kick-ass fucking coworker, Dan. Danny, Thank you for being awesome. a friend. Yeah. No, I'm so glad to be at work together. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me again. Um, again, dude, whenever you want me here, I'm always here for you, man. It's always a pleasure talking geek. It's always a pleasure talking, you know, nerd culture. It's always talking great talking some um um cannabis too, man. I'm I'm a can of geek, can of nerd, whatever you want to talk talk about, I'm I'm all down for it. So thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Now, you've been on previous episodes that said it'll be in the description and all that, but just say into the mic one more time, if anybody's out there and like, wow, this guy really knows a lot about weed, and I want to know more about him knowing about weed, what is your Instagram? Perfect. Yeah, thanks so much. Northeast PA underscore Canna. I have a page coming up with almost 250 posts on it now. It's unbelievable how much it's growing and growing and growing. Uh, coming up on 1,000 followers. Big giveaway coming up. Lots of cool stuff. Check it out. Thank you so much. No, thank you. And thank everybody on the other side of the mic. Really appreciate all the listeners out there. If you are listening, it was your first time hanging out and you liked it, you can hit that subscribe button, follow on the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We have all those things. That would be great. Show the support. Show the love would be awesome. But if you can't do any of that, like I always say, people got a people. What I could use the most is a little bit of word of mouth. If you know a friend who likes either Buds Bros or Superheroes, I got a fucking show for them. My name has been Nick James, hanging out today with the wonderful Danny G. This is Buds, Bros, and Superheroes, and we are out of here.